Welcome to Bushwhacking. Where we bushwhack. I am Jack. And I am Fish. Well, here we are again. (laughs) Episode four. Ready to bushwhack. Now, we wanted to do some items of business really quick. One is, we posted our episode of Halloween, our spooky episode, and we want you all to go and listen. If this is your first time joining in on Bushwhacking, we want you to catch up on our other episodes and vote for the Spooky King, please. Vote for me. We we each told a story (laughs) and we tried to be as spooky as possible and you got to vote to see who's... Uh, story is the spookiest that's right we have the poll open i believe (laughs) until the end of the year because we want to get enough votes to make it a definitively clear answer who the spooky king is and then we'll do the next thing uh, excuse me we'll do the same thing next year yeah so please go and vote another item of business is we set up listener support uh that's a great way to support us if you like what we do Mm-hmm. Um, so go to anchor.fm and check out our website and you can support us there. Yes, please do. Also, we are on multiple platforms. We are on Anchor. We are on Amazon Music. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're even on CastBox and Google. So please go and listen and support us. We really like doing this. This is something we're not... Is strange to doing like we all have always had odd conversations and for our new listeners bushwhacking is a term that we came up with where we take a conversation a topic that is a little bit creative a little bit silly i'll bet weird sometimes and we have a conversation about it we bushwhack it yeah we just see where it goes and have fun while while we do it <laughs> And again, these are not conversations that have never been had in existence. They are just simply conversations that me and Fish have not had before. And we're inviting you to listen in. Yeah, so today's topic, I'll do a little intro to the topic. So Jack and I uh, enjoy camping a lot. And we one time went to uh, Ibantic Lake in the Uintas. Mm-hmm. And that was a great trip. Our first time going was a very eventful trip, full of stories, and we were the only ones there, which made it even more meaningful and um, peaceful. Yeah, so then we we were camping, and we were in our tents, and in the distance, we hear this wolf. Mm-hmm. And it was really far in the distance, so we didn't care. But then we heard a few more, and it was getting closer. And it was behind us. Yes, Do you remember that? We, so We were getting surrounded. We heard the first wolf, and where we lived, it was not official in the state of Utah that wolves even existed in Utah. Those were not dogs. Those were wolves. And we heard a wolf as we are around the campfire, and then not within five minutes, we heard another howl. In the opposite direction. So we were surrounded by wolves. And it was a little scary. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking what might make it a little bit scarier is if they had human-like intelligence. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the topic today is what would happen if if a a woodland creature such as wolves had human-like intelligence. Mm Mm-hmm. And as we're diving into this, we're going to talk. I have a few ideas I want to talk about. Mainly, you brought up bears and wolves and kind of which one would be the bigger problem. Like, which one would be more dangerous? Right. Um, I also kind of want to explore a little bit of, well, what about other creatures? And what would it mean if there were creatures that had intelligence that were that was human-like or more so, but they weren't like a predator. And so I want to get into that. But let's talk about bears. <laughs> the bears. Let's talk about the bears and the wolves. So that's a, that's an easy launching point. Mm-hmm. 
my thing with a wolf with human-like intelligence is essentially you just made a werewolf. Actually, you didn't even make a werewolf. You made a Y-wolf. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> We're not werewolves. We're Y-wolves. <laughs> because a werewolf, in the classic sense, is kind of a mindless killer that was a human, turns into a monster, essentially once a month, in a full moon. Yeah, they turn into a, a wolf, mm-hmm. and they have a wolf's intelligence for a night. Right. Um, but here's the thing, and I'm, I'm kind of diving right into how dangerous a wolf would be. Wolves normally are in packs. There's a reason why there are things like the alpha male with wolves more so than with any other predator to my knowledge, especially bears. You can call a bear an alpha male if you wanted to, but... Bears are solitary. Right. If you had an entire wolf pack that could think like a human, reason like a human, or more so, I think you'd have a problem on your hands. Yeah. And a big reason why is because they're in numbers. And um, wolves are carnivores, right? Yeah. They're not just like omnivores like bears. I think they might be omnivores. I'm sure. I don't know that they eat any like plants or anything. Well, I know dogs can. They eat like grass. I know dogs can eat like grass and it's like a very small part of their diet. Um, But I know that they, I know that dogs can eat plants and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if wolves had some sort of. Yeah, green in their diet. Yeah, to make their coat shiny. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that's interesting about this line of thought for all you scientists out there and biologists, when we introduce human psyche into a wolf's brain, all of a sudden their natural behavior is out the door. We don't know how a wolf would react, how a wolf would act with human intelligence, because they don't have human intelligence. So any scientific, well, wolves wouldn't act like that. How would you know? Right. (laughs) Like how big of a difference do thumbs make when it comes to like a species being dominant? Think about it. Just because humans and like monkeys have thumbs doesn't mean that they're going to excel just because they can wrap their hand around something and make a tool. Just because a wolf doesn't have a thumb, but if they had our brains, that's a dangerous animal, I feel like. Okay, yeah. So the way you have to really think about this is like you, they're basically werewolves, but they retain their human personality and uh they're not necessarily insane right they're they're just humans that have wolf bodies Mm -hmm. essentially and that might be not terrible but also if if they did have the mind to take you out they're very well equipped to do so i think one thing that comes to mind and this is coming from years and years of watching wolf documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you just watched wolf docu- documentaries straight for a year. Seriously, if there's anything like that's about Yellowstone or Alaska, they always talk about wolves one way or another, I feel like. And I know that wolves, when they hunt in packs, they have to trust each other because I don't know how they communicate with each other. No. And even if a wolf doesn't have know how to like, I don't know if there's some non vocal cues that a wolf to like an actual wolf can understand when they're hunting or if they literally just have to trust each other or if their instincts just kind of 
tune into each other to where they know without communicating, okay, you're going to go behind the deer and we're going to cut them off. And I'll flank them. And I'll flank them, yeah. But if all of a sudden you have a human-like intelligence, my thought is if a wolf has that high of intelligence, they're going to want to communicate with each other. Whether it is through howls and they're able to distinguish what those howls mean or barks, all of a sudden their communication becomes impeccable and precise because they don't always have that. You, I mean, from some of the documentaries I've watched, again, this is high stuff, documentaries, <laughs> they tell the truth all the time. I am an expert because I watch documentaries. <laughs> no, but sometimes the wolf doesn't get the doesn't get the food sometimes they don't get the deer and it's because some someone messed up yeah someone didn't follow the plan but if wolves had high enough intelligence to where they can communicate effectively oh it's over um uh uh to that point do humans communicate that effectively (laughs) depends yeah we could argue that all day (laughs) and and you could also make the argument that our human brains aren't equipped to understand howls. We can only understand our, like, spoken language. Yeah. I think it's the same with, like, you know, we don't... From what I remember about dolphins, like, people say that dolphins communicate with each other and that their clicks and their bleeps and stuff like that mean things... As far as I know, there's not a translation. I mean, you can't speak dolphin. You can't really translate it into English or Spanish, you know? Right. We can't understand it. So there could be, we just, with wolves, there could be a way they communicate with each other other than just what we understand. And I don't know. I was reading this thing about prairie dogs, how they communicate. Mm -hmm. Um,. And they have really sophisticated communication where they can say, uh, it's, it's a guy with a, it's a human with a blue shirt and it looks like the guy that had a gun last time. Are you serious? Yeah. They, they have very distinct chirps that they can, uh, communicate with. That's crazy. I didn't know that. A specific chirp for a brown dog, specific chirp for, you know, a bird of prey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Going back to our mountain backpacking trip, when you heard the wolves, right, and not just the first one, but when you heard the second one and you had that realization that there were more and that we were surrounded... What were your initial thoughts? What were your initial conclusions? My initial conclusions. I yeah, I don't know. I I feel comforted that um animal attacks are really rare and and normally creatures just tend to keep to themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm generally not too worried about animals and I thought it was just kind of cool like it was we were part of it yeah. <laughs> part of nature yeah uh, what What about you my first thought was and I, I said it out loud I don't know if you remember but I remember saying after we heard the second wolf I said I sure hope bear spray works on wolves <laughs> <laughs> I think I do remember that um, and I'm sure it would have, but I was also, I wasn't like too worried all in all, especially in hindsight, I'm actually grateful for that experience just because how many people can actually say like without a shadow of a doubt that they heard a wolf. Right. Um, because it was really interesting to hear the, to know the difference between that and just a regular dog because this was like in the middle of nowhere you could argue that like it could have been a dog until you heard the second wolf and then you knew like there's no way that thing went around us that quickly 
And another thing that's interesting about wolves is I the first time I saw a wolf was actually in Canada. Me and some friends went up to Canada and we were staying at Banff. But we also went over to British Columbia and there was a kind of a wolf haven. They're big and they are slender. Was it like, so it was a wolf haven. Is it like, uh, so they're pretty wild. Some of them were wild. Some of them were actually kept as pets. Uh-huh. I think some of them, a few of them were also half wolf, half like husky or something like that. And they talked about how that's actually not a very smart idea. Just because when they're half and half, they are far more likely to attack. Really? Especially with like kids. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's what she told me. The the tour guide lady. Maybe maybe tour guide is not the right word because she was at this habitat, you know. More like park ranger or something. Yeah. She had a really cute Canadian accent too. Oh, don't you know? You know, it was yeah. actually really cool. Um, but... That's what she was talking about, how a lot of them, a lot of the uh, half-wolf breeds that they had were already pets and had to be given away because they had an attack. And instead of being put down, because they were part wolf, they sent them to this haven in British Columbia. Some of them were full-on wolves, and they their heads, I remember, were far, like, almost aerodynamic. Like, you think of a German Shepherd, and then kind of take their head and, like, make it more pointy. And it's different seeing them in person than it is seeing them on the screen, by far. Um, If I saw one of those things in the wilderness staring me down, I would not think, oh, cute doggy. I would be like, this thing is dangerous. Yeah. Even if it was just one. Did you you raise your fist in the air? <laughs> Maybe not because I didn't want anybody to. Because my friends at the time they didn't know they haven't seen that movie, and I think everybody would think think I was a weirdo. But yeah. maybe we're, I did a little fist in the air. Yeah, we're we're referencing Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm asking if he thinks we're in for a hard winter. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides being dangerous, what do you think the implications of a wolf having human-like intelligence would be? Okay, dangerous so, toward humans. Let's say. Yeah. So, I was just thinking about humans, how how we behave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when we wanted to hunt, we often hunt in packs ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we we gather in groups and we chase them down. And that's yeah, that's true today as it was in our early years. Yeah, um, and so I don't think that uh, a wolf having human instincts or human intelligence would behave maybe all that differently. I think they would basically behave about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about how bears are sort of solitary but we're not talking about a bear with bear intelligence. We're talking about a bear with human intelligence. Or human-like intelligence. Right. Human equal intelligence, let's say. Yeah, and so if we're if it's truly equal, then the bears are going to find their other bear buddies, and they're going to hunt in packs too. And that's going to be terrifying. It could be, yeah. I, I think that would be way scarier, a, a bear pack than a, a wolf pack. I guess you bring up a good point because, again, if these animals have human-like intelligence or human-equal intelligence, then all of a sudden they're a different species. They are a advanced intelligent species in bear's clothing or wolf's clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, do you think they would be able to become as advanced as us? Uh, do you think we could be ruled? Because essentially we're asking, could there be a feasible reason for movie producers to make Planet of the Wolves or Planet <laughs> of the Bears? I don't think so, though, because um, 
even if you have the inclination to use tools, you have to have the physical capability of using tools, mm-hmm. um, which means opposable thumbs. You know, I, you don't think that they could get by using like whatever tools they have with them. Like I know a beaver, for instance, when they carry mud, they like push it into their body and they will carry it toward their burrow. They really will. They'll carry it to their dam and then they'll place it on top. So like they'll use their mouth for like, you know, of course cutting the wood and then carrying the wood. But when it comes to mud and sticks that they use to insulate beavers will carry that. That was the weirdest thing I saw. This beaver's like <laughs> waddling as if he were walking. Like a Narnia character. Like he was coming back, making sure that he only had to do one trip from the grocery store and bringing it back to his house. <laughs> he was one tripping. That's. Uh... Got it. And then just all this mud and sticks on his dam. And then he went back into the water, grabbed a bunch more, and then came back up out of the water and did the exact same thing. That's hilarious. So. Did you, you saw that? Yeah, it was on, it was on a National Geographic. I think it was a Yellowstone. Actually, oh, yeah. it was an episode on Yellowstone, a beaver documentary. <laughs> well, it was all about Yellowstone. So they went through wolves and bears and yeah. beavers and elk and deer and stuff like that. Um. So given enough time, I think they could develop technology that, um, you know, they use their snouts to push buttons and whatever and. But the I think the the key is uh, something else I've been thinking about is the the gains of one percent, um, and I, w- I was reading about as an example uh, the different continents and the humans that evolved on different continents, where you know Europe and Asia is uh, more latitudinally long. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Americas are uh, cross more longitudinal. Am I am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah, they they span a a greater north north to south versus east to west. And right. why that's a big deal is because you know your farming techniques. Uh, uh, if you develop a farming technique, it's going to be the same if you travel east or west because mm-hmm. it's the same altitude. Or yeah. the, uh, versus north and south, it's different. Uh, you, you can't grow your bananas in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It's too cold, right? Um, and so just that one little thing made it just a tiny 1% easier to uh traverse information and uh communicate ideas across the different peoples Mm -hmm. um and so over a year that means nothing but over ten thousand years that they pointed to that as why uh Europe and Asia were so more de- advanced and more developed versus the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if, if you're given the same footing intelligence-wise, we have the 1% advantage of our thumbs. And so we would advance quicker than the wolves. I see. And so I don't think they, they would uh, develop quick enough. To yeah. become our overlords. <laughs> a little bit of a counterpoint to that. You think about humans, and we're pretty arrogant of ourselves, I feel like. Right. And I don't mean this in every aspect, you know. I believe that, you know, not all humans are arrogant. However, when we think about the most advanced form of life, a lot of people would think of a human. And the reason why I say that is, one, we are all across the globe and we are able to survive, whether it's by our own culture or our technology, we're able to survive in every climate, you right. know? And 
you think about planes are a good example. We cannot fly, right? Right. But that didn't stop us from trying, and it sure as heck didn't stop us from succeeding. Just because we didn't have wings didn't mean that we couldn't use our thumbs and whatever we had at our disposal to give ourselves wings. Even if we had to throw gas and a jet engine behind the wings, we still learn how to fly. And it is it is part of our society now. Is one of them it is the main travel system, you know? Yeah. Besides cars, if we did not have planes like diplomats and politicians and business then it would it wouldn't be the same. And we used what was given to us. And so because we look at a bear or a wolf and because they don't have thumbs or the really the feasible ability to build something. Because I think if a, if a species is going to survive, if they can build something, that shows intelligence and creativity, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, over this, like, we'd have to see. Because we might be surprised if, like, just one day we wake up and then all of a sudden all the bears become self aware of each other (laughs) and they can process information the same way we can and if we just let them be for 10,000 years we might be surprised to come across a bear like either consistently walking on two legs or something or wearing something or using I don't know hunting in different ways you know yeah um if if you had fur like a bear's would you wear clothes? Um, this is a personal question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because to us, we almost view fur as clothes. You know what I mean? Right. Like. In all the cartoons, wh- they're not wearing pants or anything. Yeah. But we sort of see that they're wearing pants in our brains because they have fur. Yeah, I think like Yogi Bear like wears a hat and a vest or something like that. And then everything else yeah. is, you know, free. <laughs> <laughs> um, and think I think of cats as a prime example of when a cat is shaved. Like there's that breed, the bald or naked cats, yeah. you know, or a naked mole rat. Oh, yeah. We only call them naked because they don't have any fur, you right. know. And so, I don't know. I think that's up to the bears. <laughs> it would be for them to decide. I sure hope... Th- I, I hope they're like... <laughs> I just think of myself of like, okay, the supposed first humans of the earth, Adam and Eve, wore furs, right? Yeah. So something had to die in order for them to be clothed. My fear is what would have to die for a bear to be clothed? And is it us? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or maybe they just hop into JCPenney's. If a bear came to JCPenney, picked clothes, and then laid down a Benjamin, who's going to deny that? Yeah, no one. <laughs> okay. We don't serve bears here. <laughs> We don't serve your kind here. <laughs> it's funny that you say humans are sort of arrogant. Um, a sort of a funny thing that I learned today is I was looking up ways to rank intelligence in animals. Uh-huh. And we come up with all these different schemes of uh, classifying intelligence. Like one is a brain weight to body weight ratio mm-hmm. um but we we sort of keep making these new systems because in none of the systems we're not the first we're not the most intelligent <laughs> <laughs> so we keep, we keep saying like oh no that system doesn't work we're not the most intelligent so let's let's try this new system interesting and then we're not the most intelligent with that one either and i'm like oh well it is so i feel like that is too hard to classify because even with like an IQ test in psychology, when you like compare IQ tests, it's not always, um, it's not always predictable 
to see how a person's life will span out based on their IQ alone. There are patterns, you know, you can see like if somebody has a higher IQ, they tend to be more successful or they tend to be this or that. Um, but like if they're, but it's not like every person who has a low IQ is a complete idiot. And it's not like everybody that has a high IQ is a rich billionaire, right. you know? And so I think even with animals, it's hard because one thing that comes to my mind is the dodo bird, which is like the quintessential, um, dumb, like this yeah. is dumb, but the dodo bird wasn't really dumb. They were, for lack of a better word, ignorant. They, and <laughs> I don't mean this like <laughs> the way a human would be ignorant, but they did not have predators from what I remember. Weren't they in Madagascar? I can't remember. They were on some island and they lived with humans. They, these were not an ice age bird. These were a... Yeah, they went extinct like a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, it wasn't all that long ago. And explorers would come up to these birds that would just kind of look at them and be like, oh, hi, welcome to my island. And then <laughs> they get knocked on the head and then they were they were dinner. All right. And that's how they went extinct. And we don't know how intelligent they were. One, because we don't have, we are not able to study them anymore. But it's hard to gauge that because they didn't know the danger. Right. You know? And I feel like we would call them. We we have called them stupid for over a hundred years. They're like dodo bird has become a phrase for a stupid creature. Yeah, you're such a dodo. Yeah, but in reality, we probably won't ever know how intelligent they were. All right, and I, there was this study where they were trying to rank these primates on how intelligent they were, mm -hmm. and they did this test where they put these strings these colored strings on the ground um and one of the strings was attached to food or whatever and so they would have to pull the string to get the food and based on how quick they could do it was how smart they were mm -hmm. and the gibbons couldn't figure it out or they just didn't they didn't care um so they for a long time they thought the gibbons were stupid hmm. but then they one guy had this idea Oh, well, gibbons are, you know, they like swinging from trees. Let's let's hang up the strings instead. And then the gibbons became just as smart as all the other ones. Interesting. <laughs> so, it, like, the, the way that we perceive intelligence, not only are our tests flawed, but we don't have a good perception of what intelligence is anyways. Yeah. We interrupt this bushwhacking to bring you this message. Have a love of books? You're not the only one. The podcast, a book binger is hosted by Shelby and a few guest speakers. Shelby is a girl who loves to read. She has made it a goal to read a new book every week for a year. Listen to A Book Binger on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also send her recommendations and chat with her on the podcast. Check it out. A Book Binger. A new episode every Saturday. And, yeah, I think, I think that's something that I'm definitely not equipped to talk too much about. Just because everybody has... Every single human individual has their own perspective on the world. And with intelligence and trying to transfer that to a different species altogether is super hard. Right. I feel like we can talk about success and I'll agree with you 100%. Like, if anything, we're one of the most successful at staying alive. I feel like humans. Um, One of the most, but definitely not the, the most. most. Yeah. But I think ants are the number one. Ants? Yeah. There's uh, a thousand. Oh, what, what was the statistic? Uh, just weight wise, 
ants uh, outweigh humans like a thousand to one. Now, I had a question that I feel is apt to introduce besides wolves and bears. Yeah. What animal would be interesting to see with intelligence? And I was thinking about what would be the most dangerous. In all honesty, I was thinking mice and ants. Yeah. And the thing with ants is ants are a colony. And assuming, again, it goes back, if well, if we put human intelligence, maybe the ants will become a little more individualistic. <laughs> However, for bushwhacking's sake, let's say that the ants still performed as a colony. That would be very scary. Yeah. Because especially if the ants had a goal in mind, like they wanted your food. You go into your house and you know you leave food out overnight and then you wake up in the morning and you see ants. Imagine that those ants had human level intelligence and they set their minds to we are eating every crumb of food in that person's house. Right. They would do it. They can infiltrate any crack. <laughs> Bravo shakes going dark. <laughs> Seriously though, because when I lived in Honduras... I've seen trails of ants before in the United States, but in Honduras, they were literally marching in what looked like rows to three or four. It was like an arm, it was literally an army of ants, and it scared me to death because there were thousands of them right behind each other going in one direction. And I was thinking to myself, like, if those ants had an agenda, <laughs> like if those ants had a vendetta for a human they would basically be the beetles from the bummy you know right. those scarabs that just come and eat you know yeah if those things had intelligence there's even ants that can build on each other they use each other as building blocks yeah that's crazy and they just outnumber us like a billion to one mm-hmm. yeah and while there's a billion ants for every one of us mm-hmm. and while there while a wolf or a bear is not a pest for everybody i know there can be like you know bears going through your garbage if you live near the mountains yeah. you know they aren't a pest for everybody but think of how think of why exterminators are a business it's because of ants and termites and bugs and mice if uh. pests Cockroaches. Yeah. Ugh. If they had super like intelligence, that would just kill me now. Seriously, I'm I'm want not want for this world. <laughs> Those termites, if they could understand blueprints, they wouldn't even have to. They because just because they have human like intelligence for a termite, let's say, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to eat wood faster necessarily. Just because they're smarter. But if I were a termite and if I really wanted to get these people out of the house from killing me off with their poison and stuff, I would eat the weak points of the house, the structural weak points. <laughs> and have the floor collapse. Have the floor collapse, the built the roof cave in, and then I kill them off and then eat what I can and then leave. Before yeah. <laughs> Hit the weak points. <laughs> well, you know, and I, you just wouldn't be safe because right now we're on a foundation of like concrete and they don't like concrete, so they don't care. Mm-hmm. But any wood that touches the ground, they'll, they'll go for it. But if they were smarter, they could just crawl up the concrete and get into the wood. Huh. You know, yeah. No, no one would be safe. Yeah. And I think with pests, the reason why again, I think that they're more dangerous, is because they feed off of us, you know? Like, rats are always in the house looking for food. Same with ants, you know? Spiders come into the houses when it starts to get cold. And that's why I feel like if they had super, like, intelligence, they would be the most dangerous. Um, Because we would underestimate them. 
we see something like a wolf and we think to ourselves, if that thing could think like I think, I'd be dead. <laughs> but if there was something smaller, you know, like a like an ant, I feel like they would be the most dangerous. I feel like they would do far more damage. Yeah. We would be suing for peace. Not them from us. Well, and that's sort of a... a I think the point, the main point is if if you have the smarts, the numbers are the advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking if raccoons had smarts, I think that might be scarier than wolves to me because raccoons are vicious mm-hmm. and there's lots of them. Yeah. There, there might be five raccoons for every one wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, here's another question. Going past a little bit of the danger. Right. Is there an animal that you would like to see have human-like intelligence that is in the woodland area, let's say? So, yeah. um, Well, I was thinking rabbits would be cute. <laughs> Just like a tribe of rabbits oh gosh <laughs> um you know and i feel so bad for squirrels because they're just so dumb <laughs> I, I, I might give them a boon why on earth would you say that squirrels are dumb because <laughs> you can just see it in their eyes yeah i guess that's not true i i've seen them do obstacle courses and stuff they're pretty smart. Yeah, but they are, they're they're on the list of nuisance. Like, I mean, we had to get rid of them when we were kids oh, because yeah. they would chew through our roofs. And yeah, do you remember the the walnut shed? Yeah, <laughs> I still think about that every day, and I'm baffled. Going into that woodshed, layer like a whole two inch layer of walnuts. I don't oh. know if it was two. It was like it was a lot. Six inches. It was a lot of walnut shells, and they were everywhere. And I legitimately thought that you guys were using it as insulation for the shed. <laughs> it was like a nice even layer, everywhere. Six inches everywhere. And I asked. I remember asking you, like, "Wow, why'd you put these walnut shells in here?" Because there were so many. There was no way a squirrel could have done that. <laughs> and then you told me. This was from the squirrel. And I was so amazed. (laughs) It's like a year's supply for a human. Seriously. Yeah. It was crazy how many walnut shells were in that shed. I'm so glad we got rid of that shed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, kind of a tangent. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what, what wilderness creature would you like? I don't know if there's any that I would like, per se. Um, I think if I thought of a just a regular animal, going with wolves, but also like just a dog. Yeah. If a dog had human-like intelligence, and I think everybody has thought about this at one point. Now, what the implications of that would be, maybe that dog would be like, I ain't living with you anymore. Right. <laughs> I'll get my own food. <laughs> But, you know, if you had a dog that was able to understand you and communicate with you, that would be awesome. But one that I was thinking about woodland creatures, and one that would be very interesting to see would be deer. And I'll tell you why. Imagine if a deer could understand the concept of hunting season and knowing the laws and also understanding, oh, that's a car. And if I stay on the road, I'm going to die. Right? Yeah. So all of a sudden you have a deer that don't cross roads right as you're driving by. They know how a road works, so very few of them, if any, are hit by a car. But during hunting season, if a deer could understand that they're being hunted for food by humans and by wolves alike, and cougars, I would assume... That you would see an influx of deers coming to national parks and just regular parks in the middle of a city 
during the months of October through November. <laughs> the they're just chilling ref- and refugees. Send- exactly. They're just chilling because they know if anybody's going to shoot a bow or a gun, they're going to get arrested. I am safe here. It's right. like calling sanctuary when you go into a monastery. <laughs> sanctuary. Exactly. That is what the deers will be doing if That's they have. That's funny. Yeah. At uh, least, at least if that like happened like today, like if tomorrow Bambi knew that he was Bambi and that we've made a show about him, yeah, <laughs> he would go to the closest park, like children's playground park, and just sit there <laughs> and eat on the grass. <laughs> yeah, and he would probably have plenty of like kids trying to feed him so they'd be good for food. Yeah, but they they wouldn't be able to be hunted. Because if anybody discharged a shot, that's a felony. Right. Or at least a misdemeanor, I guess. Deer are the new pigeons. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking... Ooh, a pigeon. If... Ooh, a pigeon with intelligence. Yeah. Ooh. No, we won't go there. Birds. Birds. No, but I was thinking they could put on, like, orange jackets somehow. The deer? <laughs> Yeah, they step through the armholes and they just like have it on their back and then they just like, (laughs) they go through the forest with the orange jacket and then no one will shoot them. (laughs) That's actually pretty, that's pretty cool, except until the hunter gets close up, what the heck? (laughs) Where'd you get that? Or the deer, the deer's hunting them back. (laughs) So funny. It's like Deer Avenger. Do you remember that video game at all? Uh Uh-uh. So there's a video game called Deer Avenger. And this was when all the old deer hunting video games were coming out. Some company made a game called Deer Avenger where the deer is hunting the hunter. And it's kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, but if that happened in today's society, it'd be kind of interesting. Hunting season. <laughs> Are you the hunter or the hunted? Prey or not the prey. <laughs> With... I think with the deer, that level of intelligence, as far as I would think, they would try to, first off, survive. And if they could understand, like, hey, we're being hunted at a time of the year, then we would need to go to a place where we would be safe. And that's what I would think. As far as the implications of a intelligent deer over time, um, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if deer would really offer much. I don't think they'd have anything to really trade of like, hold on, don't hurt us. Because a, sh- a sheep, a lamb, can provide meat, but they also can provide wool. Right. Take my wool. Take my wool. Don't eat me. You know? A deer can't exactly do that. Right. Because deer, we want their antlers. That may be one thing. Yeah, take my antlers. Take my antlers when they shed. Um... But they can't grow back fur that is cut off. And their meat is delicious. (laughs) They just have to maybe forage somehow. Yeah. I'll I'll get you all the berries that you want. (laughs) I know know all the stash. (laughs) Um, But I've been thinking, I was thinking about that. Like if a different woodland creature became intelligent, deer would be very interesting to see. Well, you know, uh, elk and bucks are often portrayed as being sort of supernaturally intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the the lone elk on the hill, and it represents, you know, something. There's some majesty but, but right. with them, for sure. Especially an elk. The king of the forest mm-hmm. is the elk, you know. Yeah. Um... I think as far as woodland creatures goes as well, one that would be scary, and we haven't talked about it, mountain lions. Because oh, yeah. they're already pretty intelligent. Um, but they're scary. I I am more scared of cougars than I am of bears. A bear is kind of a derpy animal. Uh, I said it. They <laughs> are. They're always just kind of, They just walk around. You know, eat their fish, and they're naturally curious, and there's just kind of a derpiness about curiosity, you know. And they're not like 
Albert Einstein curious or Thomas Edison curious, their curiosity killed the cat curious. I'm like, oh, what's this? You know? Yeah. Which is why we have to lock everything up because they're almost like children putting their mouths on everything, you know? Except this child can kill you. (laughs) (laughs) But with a cougar, and they're not... They're not here in this part of the United States, but they are where we grew up. They're scary because they do kill. Yeah. Like a bear, like a black bear especially, is a scavenger. So if you start attacking a black bear when he tries to attack you, it'll eventually stop because it's like, this is this ain't worth it. But a cougar attacks from behind and they're quick. And they're scary, and if they decide on that, and if they were intelligent, ugh. Well, yeah, and you know, I think lots of these animals don't understand that we don't have natural defenses. <laughs> yeah. You know, they always say, pretend to be big, make yourself bigger than you seem, mm-hmm. uh, make loud noises. But if they could realize that we are just meat sacks. <laughs> they wouldn't. They couldn't. They wouldn't be less scared of us, and they would just, just charge right in. You know. Yeah, and I've heard that in nature, if a bear can understand, like, oh, this is a human, and maybe that's not what's going through their head, but they understand, like, this isn't food. Like this isn't on my natural diet. I'm gonna leave it alone. And it actually, friends, not food. Yeah, it actually can be the same with cougars, I've heard, is that if a cougar can understand, oh, this is not a threat and it's not food, I'm going to leave it alone. But if you put intelligence in there and then it recognizes, oh, this is a human, I want human. I want to eat that human, you know? (laughs) There's nothing you can do. And until he sees, like, the gun or the bear spray... And exactly like you said, if they can understand, like, we are, we have no natural defenses. <laughs> yeah, all bets are off. All bets are off. Like, we are, at the, we are at their mercy. Yeah. I'd like to see how many people would, like, what people's thoughts would be as far as, like, conservation. If all of a sudden nature understood who we were, humans, and the consciously turned on us yeah i mean back to your hunting point if if deer could all of a sudden talk mm-hmm. you know they they spoke perfect english then would we still hunt them i i sort of think that we would be a little bit off put by that and not hunt them anymore yeah that's also very interesting of like if we knew that something was intelligent, what would our, as humans, what would our thoughts on them be? I think I would feel weird, too, if a uh, kind of thinking about it almost kind of weirds me out, you know, because just because they don't understand it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, well, like, I, I had some beef tonight if if cows had the intelligence that we have. And could talk and had communities. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I could stomach beef. It would be almost a little bit like eating human. It's interesting how that happens because I think we think that a lot, especially with primates. One, because they look just like us and they behave very similarly. Um, right, I'd have when, a eating monkey. And. There's something about cuteness and being able to see the humanity inside us inside something else. If you look at a fish, fish are not always cute. One, because of their eyes. And this is, I don't know if there's too much science, like, I don't know the actual science behind this. I'm just speaking from my own experience. But it is not hard for me to look at a fish and be like, eh, whatever. You know, if it were to die, you know, when it comes to something with more fur, especially on like the same branch as us on the tree of life. Like if you look at a dog, 
and you look into their eyes, you can see some form of emotion, or at least we can't conceptualize, oh, they're sad, oh, they're angry. Even if they're really not, we perceive that because we think we recognize it, you know? And so, yeah, something that has that human-like quality, whatever it is, whether it's look, whether it's feel, whether it's emotion, it off-puts us to think about eating it Yeah, a little bit. When it comes to cows, I've seen enough cows personally to be like, hey, this thing is dumb. I'm like, <laughs> you know, but if all of a sudden that thing like could understand me or something, yeah, it would, it, it would create a different feeling as far as food. But I guess it's, it's kind of a, it feels like a moral dilemma all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Cause one, we've, we've already discussed that intelligence is sort of hard to quantify, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and there's probably animals that are more intelligent than us in many ways mm-hmm. already, you know, and two, why are we basing what to kill and eat based on intelligence like why uh i mean humans have a, a vastly different intelligence spectrum mm-hmm. as a, just in our one species mm-hmm. and we sh- surely shouldn't go killing dumb people <laughs> no no <laughs> no right. we shouldn't um no so it's sort of interesting. Should we kill animals at all? You know, <laughs> and it's... I'm not going to become a vegetarian tonight. No, <laughs> to be clear, and I won't become one ever because, I mean, it's just a fact of life that you have to eat life, whether it has eyes or it has roots. You have to eat life to survive. Right. Um. But it's just, for the sake of conversation, it's a little bit interesting. Yeah. And... What makes it okay to kill something. Yeah. Wow, this is... I'm not... This is one... This is our first podcast, I feel, that we are talking about something that we didn't start talking about. Yeah. I feel like with our other episodes, we were talking about, um, you know, if something had three other than two, we ended talking about three and two and then we talked about the spooky stories we kind of stayed on the same level different forms of food we stayed on that this one we talked about what life would be like for if a woodland creature had human-like intelligence and now we're talking about the dilemma of the morality what did we decide where did we decide to kill these animals for food versus these animals for food right um so what do you think a takeaway is from this? I don't know. I I don't know that there really is. I, we we should be maybe more <laughs> conscious of what we're doing and not be so mindless about like you know the ecology and uh, the morals of eating meat. But at the same time. Uh, it, we, the discussion has yet to be finished. I think there's lots more to discuss. I agree. And I know for a lot of people this is a sensitive topic. However, I do want to put my two cents in. Because knowing hunters myself, I am not a hunter. But knowing hunters, their general attitude toward hunting is not delighting in killing the animal but more being grateful to have the food you know yeah and it's weird because movies and kind of the general thought of hunters is that oh they enjoy the kill certainly there is a element of sport with it but there is i feel a difference when you have a whole society that eats other animals but a small fraction of those people actually have to kill the animal. 
and talking with these hunters, especially with their first time hunting, there is an element that there's a pattern that I've heard from all of these stories where they show gratitude toward the animal. And that might sound a little bit weird because if, if an animal were to kill me, like if a bear were to kill me and then I was thinking to myself, their last thought was, thank you, human, for dying for me. I'd be like, <laughs> screw you! Yeah. I don't care! I hope you choke! <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, from the stories that I've heard, that their views on taking a life, whether it's a deer or a fish, they kind of have a little more gratitude toward it because there is a heaviness with it because it's like, I just took a life so that I could eat, but we can still be grateful for that. It's just, that's how we have been for thousands of years. And I feel like you can do that with all the food, whether you grow it or whether you, whether you have to kill for it. But in our society, and I'm not trying to make this like a, in our society, you know, but, I've never seen the cow that I've had to eat. Yeah. And I know a lot of people would be off put. But we have to understand, but we've been doing this for a long time. And we were at a point in our history where that's how every person lived. Every person had to hunt and forage. And I bet they had a different view of the world than we do. Yeah. A very more simple but I feel like more concise view of how life is. And I want to argue that that's something that we should bushwhack in the future. I agree. Did you come with me to Rockin' Our Ranch to castrate the cows? No. I do. Was that supposed to be like a scout activity or something? Yeah. No, but I remember I was supposed to go there for something. I think I was like in a high school play. Or something. Because I do remember talk of that. Yeah. Well, when you said you didn't, you've never had to see the the cow that you eat, the only time I've ever seen the cow that I ate was when I castrated the cows. And then they went and fried them up and we had some Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> But that's that's a maybe a little off topic. <laughs> well, I think it I think it illustrates a point of like we've kind of sheltered a big a big portion a huge portion of our society from the if not maybe not evils but just the hard part about eating something that was once alive yeah and maybe just a little bit off of eating uh animals uh i listened to this very provocative podcast from radio lab called the rhino hunter and there was this big controversy because this uh this guy this rich guy went and killed a, a rhino and people were giving them death threats and stuff because he killed this endangered species <laughs> um but underneath that he donated a lot of money to conservation efforts uh where he argued that rhinos would be extinct if it weren't for donations like his. And he hunted a rhino that was old and not going to reproduce anymore. And when rhinos get old, they attack other rhinos and, and kill them. And so he was protecting other rhinos. And so there was this whole element of was he right to kill the rhino? And it was, it was very interesting. But there, there's much more to, to talk about. There's a lot about the world that we don't understand. And as humans, there are different lifestyles to live. And if you live in a lifestyle where you don't have to see the plumber or the sewage guy cleaning up your sewage, or the farmer who is picking your food, you do tend to be critical of them because you don't, we don't live that life, you yeah. know? 
And yeah, when it comes to the life of an animal, I do believe that there's a, I feel like there's a difference between humans and other animals that I feel like is undeniable. But at the end of the day, we're all made of the same earth. Right. And while it doesn't mean we should treat a deer the same way as we treat a human, because I will always advocate 100% that a human is always going to be worth more than an animal. But it's it, I feel like it is always good for us to remember that right. we are still made from the same stuff as they are. <laughs> We're all... Uh, stardust. We're all end. stardust in the end. Yeah. Be kind. Be empathetic. Be thoughtful. That's what I learned today. This is a cool bushwhacking. I'm not going to lie. This was a fun one to bushwhack. And it, it, it took a turn that I felt like was kind of fun and uh, instructive. Yeah, we're getting better at this. Yeah, we are. For those who are listening in, be sure to leave comments. Let us know what you think about these podcasts. We want to hear your feedback and your thoughts in the comments. Bushwhack with us. If there are things that we missed that you feel like we should have bushwhacked, put it in the comments. We want to know. And join us on the bushwhack. Are you vegetarian and are very angry with us now? (laughs) Let us know. Or are you a hunter and believe that we missed out some elements? Yeah, this is supposed to be a little interactive. Yeah, and we're not trying to take our we're not trying to take sides. However, we do reserve the right to express our opinions and to be wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this bushwhack. I am Jack, and I'm Fish, and you all have a wonderful day.